Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Thank you, folks, for tuning in again today. I want to uh, do part two. I was talking about um, when people were hurting people and people needing the Lord and people needing healing and, and this kind of thing out of the book of John. And I'm going to continue in that vein today. So please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the listeners. Oh, Lord, bless them. Lord, bless their families. Bless their loved ones that don't know you. Open up the door that we can minister to those that need you desperately. They would accept you as their Lord and Savior and ask you to forgive them of their sins and come into their life. I pray today that people will find salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said near the close of yesterday, I will be interviewing Greg Laurie uh, later this week, and I believe it's not going to be on my show. I believe it's going to be a special show, and I think it's going to run maybe at 5 o'clock. I don't know, Thursday or Friday sometime, but I will let you know. I'll do a little uh, ad about it on the radio, too, but I'll let you know uh, as soon as I find out. But I know that we're going to have an interview, and I'm excited about the harvest coming up this Saturday and Sunday because it is going to change lives for Christ. Well, it's important for each of us to have a clear-cut direction in our lives. There are many great people that you have heard of that had a real direction in their lives. One I recently read about, it's been a while since I read, but it feels pretty recent. In 1864, his name was George Washington Carver. In his story, he has brought inspiration to countless people. He was born as a slave and had to live a tough early life. Carver tells a story, while I was alone in a big barn loft, shucking corn to carry to the mill, a dear little white boy, one of our neighbors about my age, came by and uh, came by to talk to me, came by to, to visit. And he talked with me and we played together and he told me that he was going to Sunday school. And I asked him what Sunday school was. He said, they sing hymns and pray. I asked him what, what prayer was. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I climbed back into the loft, knelt by the barrel of corn, and prayed as best I could. I remember I prayed several times before I quit. That morning, George Washington Carver became a believer, and his life was transformed from then on. He went on to college when it wasn't easy for him to go to college. He became a renowned scientist and was considered the world's top authority on uh, peanuts and sweet potatoes and their products. He developed over 300 products. His fame as an agricultural genius spread over the world. More than anything else, Carver was known as a humble Christian, never hesitating to share his faith in God and of the Bible and attributing all his ability to God. President Roosevelt gave Carver the Roosevelt Medal, and on the description he put to a scientist humbly seeking the guidance of God and to liberator to mean of the white race as well as the black. I tell you this story because it is a description of someone who made a choice to reach out to God and follow his dreams, even fighting the difficulties in society, the difficulties of racism. You know, you'd think that we'd have that licked by now, folks, but people still still live in this uh, thing, and we should not. God created us all equal, men, women, black, white, yellow. It doesn't matter. We are children of Almighty God. I hope there's not one prejudiced person listening today because we need Jesus, and we all need to come together like George 
Washington Carver did. He had a clear direction, and God blessed him and blessed our nation because of him. And that's exactly what God wants from us. The lame man at the pool I talked about yesterday made a choice to say yes. He wanted to be healed, and he was delivered. Like I said, we need to say yes to God that we want to be healed. The man had to stop blaming others for not being able to be healed. I can't get in the pool. I can't get there. He was full of excuses like many people are today. Blaming others seems to be a habit of many. When things go sour in our lives, we blame others for it. Sometimes we blame the church. Oh, I just didn't learn enough in church. Oh, the pastor didn't uh, say enough to help me. Or the, the music didn't touch my life. We play the if-only game. If only I would have been there at the right time. If only I would have told the interviewer something else in my interview. If only I would have eaten those 10 pizzas, I wouldn't look like this. If only I wouldn't have eaten those 10 pizzas, I wouldn't look like this. It's easy to blame others for our problems. Pastor Tom didn't give me all the solutions to my problems. Folks, I certainly don't. I do what God leads me to do. I wish I could give everybody a solution to every problem. But the Word of God is your solution. Go to it. Allow it to change your life. When God asked Adam why he disobeyed, Adam explained, The woman you gave me persuaded me to eat it. Yeah, do we use that excuse today? The woman made me do it. When Moses asked his brother Aaron why he permitted the Israelites to worship the golden calf, Aaron said, the people pressured me to do something since you were gone so long. I couldn't help it. Well, when Pilate was forced to make a decision about Jesus, he said, I wash my hands of this matter. Do with him as you please. I'm an innocent of this man's blood. Yeah, you're not innocent of this man's blood. But look, excuse after excuse. We all will give in. Listen to this, folks. We all will give an account of our lives. And guess what? Blaming others won't cut it. Blaming others won't get it done. You will have to defend the choices you make. How will you defend those choices? Well, God, I was just too busy in my life to spend time with you. Too busy to be faithful to the things of God. Too proud to ask. Too selfish to give to those who so needed help. I was caught up in the world, and I didn't grasp hold of the greatest gift offered to man, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ. Well, Paul said in Romans 14, 12, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Each of us, everyone listening today, will give an account for their life to God. Understand this. You're not avoiding it. It's going to happen. By the way, there is... Not a, not a one of us who will get out of giving that account. Are you ready to do that? Are you willing to answer him? You can make that beautiful by calling in, in, on his name today and allowing him to take control of your life and putting him first in the decisions you make. He just wants you to trust him. There was an old hymn, as you know, I always talk about old hymns. It went, only trust him. Only trust him now. He will lead you. He will save you. He will save you now. I think you know effort is the key to much of what we do. Unfortunately, when I was in early grades of school, some of the grades we got on, we got grades for effort. I remember a couple of times getting a not so good grade. In effort, I you know, <laughs> thus I struggled in my early years of school until I finally got into fifth grade and started tearing it up. But that was after uh, spending two years in fourth grade. Fourth grade. People say, you flunked? No, I didn't flunk. I had some Ds and never had any Fs. My parents wanted to keep me back, and, and I'm glad I did because it helped me become a better student. Even the second grade, second year or fourth, it wasn't the greatest, I remember. But the fifth grade, from then on, I excelled. And then that was, from then on, I did well. So, but effort was my problem. One of my problems, the teachers made that clear. 
Jesus asked the man to pick up the mat at the, you know, when he was over by the pool and to make an effort to do it, you know, and so he had to make an effort to stand up and he did and he was able to walk and God healed him. Later on in the passage of John, I'm going to share with you, the man uh, went away and he told the Jews it was Jesus who healed him, that not to be afraid to ask God to intervene in our lives. That's what we have to do. We can't be afraid to let God intervene. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Knock. Ask to seek him. Ask for him to come into your life. Jesus wants to touch your life today. So I say to you, as Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Lord Jesus, help me in my life. Lord, I need help. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with my family. I'm struggling with just life in general. Lord, I've been discouraged. Ask him to help you. And he says this, ask and it will be given to you. And he says, seek. And you will find, see, you got to seek God. So many people pray, but they don't look for his answers. I said this while back. As you pray, you pray looking for the answers of God. When I started looking for God's hand, that's when I started seeing God's hand and feeling God's hand and knowing that he is answering my prayers. Just recently, a couple weeks ago, he answered some huge prayers of mine. All in the same week, he took care of several situations, and it was certainly God's head. And I give him praise for that. I give him praise for watching over me. I need his hand. And he says, knock, and the door will be open to you. How do you like to go to the door? You go to a door of a house. You see people sitting in the rocking chair looking through the window. You knock, and they don't answer. And you knock, and you knock, ring the doorbell, they don't answer. They choose not to answer the door. Well, I'm telling you this. When you knock on the door of the of God, he hears. He answers. He will open that door. He will let you come in and sup with him and be a part of him and be a part of his life. And from then on, he will direct your life. Knock and the door will be opened. He's not going to leave it shut. That, But that's why I said you have to ask. You have to knock. He said for everyone... Who asked? He didn't say someone for a few people. He used a term for everyone who everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, many people in the job, they go on job hunt and they just think a job's going to come to them. And just out of a natural thing, the job's going to come to them. And it doesn't. Those that get jobs go and seek. They put an application. They go back and they see, hey, are you, are you, have you interested in me? you have any questions for me? They keep seeking. You know, if you want to see anything positive happen, you uh, keep seeking. My, I, As some of you know, years ago, I in the summertime, I'd work at the fair for cow spas. I would sell spas. I had a great time. And, you know, it's one of the things that one of our workers, Carrie, who's the owner's wife, dear woman, uh, Christian lady, and, and uh, what she's good at is people have an interest in a spa or something, well, she will follow up on them and follow up on them. Many times she gets the sales because she follows up and shows interest and doesn't give up because they just don't buy immediately. That's why she's a phenomenal salespeople. Folks, don't give up on God. Keep seeking him. Keep calling upon him. 
He wants to direct your life in a mighty and powerful way. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.